Welcome to another Canadian Guy's Life Exposed, completely raw and self-published. Life is not a straight line to a destination. It's all about the journey they say and handle the choices along the way. This is all about telling my story and what did I learn. It's the journey through adversity of a non-sheltered upbringing to a fulfilling life on a journey of healing. In this episode, father issues, biological sperm donor with the father title. Sounds kind of harsh, doesn't it? Well, just to warn you, I'm going to cover a tough topic today about the father, the, the influences, the father issues, and share some upset in this episode, but round out to a positive. So hang in there for what I learned. In the beginning, my mother left my biological sperm donor. At the age of two, my mother left because he cheated on her. He had a child and he cheated and my mother stuck around and back and forth and left by about the age of two. And um, I never knew about him. But as I started uh, waking in my um, uh, age of, you know, six to eight, my mother told me about this father of mine, this biological father while I had a stepfather. And um, I started getting curious. I remember as a child, you know, I have another dad. And that made me um, optimistic and, you know, how you shine a light on, you know, the, the thing that you don't have. When I did meet him, he was very flashy. He was essentially a drug dealer, a drug importing um, drug dealer um, that imported, uh, you know, uh, illegal substances from overseas in Turkey to Toronto and he lived a life like that uh, a narcissistic sociopathic um, very junky drug dealing all about him self-centered but you know I, all of those words I didn't get back then at that time when I was a child he was amazing he was super amazing the most amazing flashy person I wanted to be just like him I didn't uh, I'm not gonna in this uh, episode uh, talk about my stepfather. We'll t- we'll cover that in another episode. This is just the base fundamentals of my father issues with my first father, not my stepfather, uh, my Turkish father, Sam, and Mustafa. Uh, uh, he's also known as, and he came from Turkey, so a third world country, and he escaped and dodged the army when he was in his teens and came to Canada. Uh, broken English and whatnot, and came here. And um, during that time in the beginning, um, he obviously he had jobs, and then he uh, became a drug dealer. Met my mother, or met my mother, then became a drug dealer. It seems like something in that line, one or the other. So I'll have to ask my mother about that to find out. But the real thing is, when I was a child, he was amazing. He would share with me. He would. He actually showed up with a big bag of money and a black bag. Um, where we were living at a cottage on a lake in Ontario um, with my stepfather and mother. And he showed up and met me and, and showed this money. And he was talking about all these um, uh, condo complexes that I uh, would inherit one day, glamorizing all these like love bombing, you know, uh, fundamentals and, and you know, all these things. Now, I don't want to you know, he, he did his best, obviously, and this was the life he chose to survive, but he wasn't interested in being a father. Um, I didn't put that together until much, much later, you know, father issues all the way up through my, um, you know, twenties and thirties. And, you know, now I'm in my forties and understanding 
of this. Um, but he, he, he essentially bullshitted me. And that's the part that really got me for a long time that, you know, it was just, uh, all smoke and mirrors and, uh, you know, just to make himself look good. And I found that was consistent as time went on. Um, and you know, you, you want the relationship, you don't know why you want it, but it seems it's the thing that you want, especially when it's a biological thing. There's a natural pull to that, to, keep on working on it you know we did we did have a great um connection and it was very um always very surface and very like um it had to be super amazing everything had to be um shined on with you know uh, extreme amazing there was a times when i would come to his door his studio door and he'd be high for weeks i heard because he did his drugs and um he wouldn't open the door and that really hurt me when I'd come to see him in Toronto and visit and he'd just do that over and over. I didn't understand, um, you know, the, the drug addict nature of his lifestyle and what he was choosing to do with his life. Um, it just felt like rejection to me and it was very hurtful and confusing to be associate with hardcore addicts, um, in my life. And he, um, it really put me through a lot and, I guess I put myself through a lot and for this reason my mother you know said to me you know in the last 10 years she wishes she ne I never met him that it in influenced me very poorly and you know made this pizzazz side of me and and whatnot um, it was narcissistic influence but thank god I'm a uh, empathy-based individual um, and uh, that's why it hurt so much I just wanted to be accepted and that in, in line with my insecurities from my childhood and broken home and all that stuff it it was tough to have such a amazing, um, supposedly father, unquote, you know, quote unquote, and, and try to understand the, my needs and, you know, understanding myself at the same time. It's all just a big ball of confusion, as we all know, if you re listening to this episode and kind of relating with father issues, it's hard to know the difference. And even to, you know, it seems insensitive to call a person a biological sperm donor, but that's essentially what they are. And versus the the um, title of father, which is an earned title a lot for, for parents that take it seriously. Now, I'll give him the credit that he did seem that he, when he outgrew his um, lifestyle of um, being a drug dealer, and um, he, he had another child. I have a brother, a little brother that I don't really associate either because they're the family in Toronto. And um, for some one reason or another, they um, keep things, uh, you know, <laughs> separated and it's not a, a very integrated with the upsets that have went on in the family but he became a um it seemed like mu much more of a father figure to my little brother which i'm happy for um i realized uh, you know during this journey that um of him actually playing a part of a father to um uh, my brother adam that he um he wasn't there he wasn't i you know it was a good thing essentially i came to the conclusion uh, it was almost a catharsis that you know, I was lucky that he wasn't. I was angry at him so much for not being what I needed that he couldn't be, right? So even if I wanted him to be. So it, it, it dawned on me later in my later years that um, I was lucky that he wasn't a more of a part of my life. It would have influenced me worse during a time that he was a, essentially a child also in his behaviors and uh, more morality and values to um, humans and not influence me correctly. And I think I had a leg up because of that. So, you know, 
over the years, there was a lot of fights between him and I and angry communications and even, you know, um, things he'd say to me. And there was even physical altercation where he came at me one time because I stopped him from trying to use my girlfriend's bank account to, you know, use money and cross the borders and stuff. And he he's like, you know, how dare you threatening my money, threatening, you know, you're dead to me. He used terms, you're dead to me. Like, who says that to, you know, because of his own need to you know, control his own life and to, you know, to, um, you know, just make people feel bad. And he came at me physically because, you know, Turks are, you know, it's a Muslim nature where they think that they can smack or put their hands on other people. Well, of course, I protected myself and I blocked his hands and lifted him up and took him across the room and then just kind of tossed him and said, you don't, don't you ever try to touch me? I found out from my mother, he tried to do that to her too. That's why, or one of the times that she left. And so, you know, to our pride, um, our family pride, we don't allow that sort of thing. And he doesn't have that right to do that um, to, to us. And we never allowed him. So he lost with regards to trying to play his, um, uh, physically abusive uh, game with that and um, anyway it's a big ball of unacceptable nature of things and the, the words that he's used towards me and just just nasty stuff the way that narcissists use cerebral cognitive um, terminologies and stuff to hurt other people because they they know them so well because they're all thinkers they don't feel they're it's a dead casket in their in their chest and it's all about just winning for them. I've learned, and I've done a lot of research on narcissism because I've met a lot of them over the years and I just didn't understand. It was much more than an inflated sense of self for them. And um, it's it's much worse than what they do to people um, that have a heart and are empathy-based and they are drawn. We're drawn to each other like magnets. There's a good book out there that you should check out if you're into this topic. It's called The Human Magnet Syndrome. And, you know, the more extreme of an empathy-based individual and caring person you are, the more extreme narcissists are drawn to you. Like, it's like a, it's like a <laughs> polarity between them and you need to become aware so that you can get outside of this matrix. And that's essentially what I've done by, um, uh, not associating anymore. It's, it's way beyond, you know, there was a, many years I, you know, the term was keep them at arm's length, you know, your toxic families, you know, when you're, when you come from a family of addictions and toxicities and stuff like that, you tend to continue to allow people back in, you bend the lines with regards to what's acceptable. Um, in another episode, I use this, the terminology that, you know, a healthy person isn't attracted to an unhealthy person. An unhealthy person isn't attracted to a healthy person. It just doesn't last if you're truly one or the other. Um, your your values, morals, and ways you go about life just will conflict. But with regards to empathy and the um, uh, the love bombing, uh, energy draining, <laughs> alien vampire narcissist, they actually love to um, to gain the energy off that because they're hollow inside. And um, they just think they're, they're the best. We won't even get counseling or nothing. So anyway, or apologize because they think they're so right. And that's those are indicative to, you know, the flags to what you're dealing with when you are. So I'm just giving you a bunch of things here that I've learned through the relationship, not only with my um, biological sperm donor father, but um, also the experiences with other narcissists that I was drawn to um, have relationships of some degree with. And um, hopefully that helps you to <laughs> research into that and to eject and no contact. That's what they say. You cannot have any contact. You're better off that way. But um, continuing on, um, you know, uh, you know, wanting apologies, explanations, you know, back and forth. It's almost like I'm part of the problem 
you know, with regards to when I try to get that from him. It's, it's, it's beating your head against a wall, essentially, because the communication is so um, uh, upsetting and so hard on both sides because there's, there's so much ego on his side and, and so much hurt and, and so much ego on my side. So it's, it's just like a, a moot point to even go down. So now in my late 40s, it's just like, you know, um, he, he'll get his uh, wish. You know, I'm dead to him, he says. Well, in essence, when he said that to me the first time in my early 30s, he doesn't under know this, but um, he died to me. In, in that in a way and um, those things did uh, pinch to a certain degree that um, I never really uh, felt the same sort of bond with him since then and he's been dead to me in a long way so I'm expecting you know come to the um, had to come to the feeling in me and the understanding that he could I could get to notice that he's died one day and you know uh, that I've I've come to the conclusion now that if he did um, then I've I've already um, accepted that he, him and I have already had the best times that we've had when I was a child you know we had our, our run for you know the things that we did and I, I can live with that and um, I, lo I loved a lot of the times that him and I spent we did a lot of traveling um, he took me on very quick spontaneous trips because that's what he did um, to Florida overseas to Europe you know things like that it was very anyways we did have our time in the sun and I I can love him for that and continue to work on forgiving him on my side because that's really what it's about I'm finding forgiveness within ourselves and um but on, on a flip side, I promised you that beginning of this episode that I would, um, you know, turn this around to a positive note. And in turn, I, I ended up doing counseling and on various topics in my life and anger management, which, um, you know, led to certain things with regards to relationships with males. And I found out in this course that, you know, you end up getting uh, male influences and um, definitions. Like if you didn't have a father, you can find father figures and um, be inspired and, uh, you know, influenced to, to find role models, essentially, of um, males in very many different things. And we all do, whether or not you grew up with a father or not. He was great. He was not. And you get influence from comic books to books to TV shows to male friends to teachers that you respect. I blessfully is that a word <laughs> I feel blessed that I had a, um, a grandfather through my stepfather that was uh, a beautiful beautiful influence to me he, he was a Latin major um, from Dubrovnik overseas Croatian man um, beautiful he loved me we had such an amazing bond and it was it was absolutely gorgeous and you know I, I love him to this day and he influenced me with a lot of positive things with um you know, Latin terms and, you know, how to keep going for my goals and, you know, talking to me about life and, you know, how, what he's learned and stuff. And he came from another, the war era of escaping the German army and stuff. And he was just a beautiful man. And, and I realized throughout, you know, that relationship and, um, reflection and whatnot and the loss that comes with it, how, how grateful I am for having specific sort of influences that developed me into the, the great man that I am today. Even my mother, you know, and her influence um, influenced me into a great man, um, a sensitive man, a feeling man, an empathetic man, a caring, a seeing both sides of the coin man. And, you know, it doesn't, you don't need, even though you want to focus on the upset and the neglect and the what you didn't get from a lot of the influences, like, you know, I've talked about in this, that was a full ride from the, you know, amazing um, enmeshment uh, with my biological father and then um, thing is so amazing then getting let down and then later on having to deal with it and upset and 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 then coming back around to reflecting and then healing um, 
life is a journey of healing, you know, and um, that's the one that I'm on. And I'm continually dedicated to this and understanding that we never really arrive at the point of, oh, it's done, right? It's a constant, you know, stepping up and stepping up towards the point of being able to integrate something with ourselves that we can accept and forgive and love ourselves truly. Thank you very much for listening to this episode. If you have any questions, uh, just reach out to me. We have some um, uh, email addresses and and whatnot and messaging in the in the links uh, around this uh, platform. I look forward to hearing from you all, and I look forward also to sharing some more in another episode. Be well, and I'll talk to you more soon. <music>